0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة
1: والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن
0: الرحيم وتلك الأيام نداولها بين
1: الناس وليعلم الله الذين آمنوا ويتخذ منكم شهداء وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ صَبَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ
0: Most respected brothers and elders. The lesson that we keep trying to remind ourselves of is to refresh our intention. What is our intention what is our object, what is our purpose for gathering? To the extent that we will refresh these intentions, to that extent inshallah we will be able to take the benefit. The intention, in Arabic intention, the word is niyat. Niyat comes from the word nawat. Arabic the word nawat means seed. So niyat comes from this word nawat. And seed, the seed is what is the essence of whatever is going to grow out of it. The kind of seed that is planted, that is the kind of tree that will grow. If the seed is already decaying, the seed is almost half rotten, perished, so what kind of tree is going to grow out of it, what kind of crop will come out of it is obvious. There will be hardly anything or nothing. But it's a very healthy seed, and a very healthy seed will give rise to a very healthy tree. And that tree will bring, inshallah, very good fruit. That fruit, depending on how well that seed was nurtured, and then that tree was nurtured, that fruit could become even export quality. Sometimes a person would be in one part of the world, and that benefit of that tree, that tree would be in one part of the world and the fruit would be eaten and enjoyed in a distant part of the world, in another corner of the world. So those, Akadir and Ahlullah, who had already made that effort on that seed and on that intention, on that proper niyat, they had their hearts completely clean. They didn't have any contamination of any sort. Their hearts were filled with that proper niyad, with that well-wishing, with that goodness, with those sifat and qualities that should be in the heart of a mu'min, their hearts were clear and clean of those qualities and attributes that are not beholding of a believer. The evils of riya and ostentation, showing off, doing things to impress others. Oh, the heart being filled with malice, with jealousy, with love of dunya, with pride, with arrogance, with the ego. So all these things that effort was made to clean and clear the heart out of all these things and to inculcate the correct qualities. So as a result that Niyat that came from such a heart, when that niyat now became developed and nurtured, the purity of that intention, and that very very sincere intention and that gave rise to those kind of trees that those personalities have long left the dunya but the fruit is still being enjoyed throughout the world. So this is the benefit of that proper intention, pure intention and there is never a time when a person can be content and be complacent that my intention is in order it constantly requires this refreshing. And at every occasion it needs to be refreshed. So here again the same object and purpose that we have to refresh these intentions that our purpose of gathering is that Allah make this a means of gaining His muhabbat, make it a means of gaining that hidayat, that we become the true servants of Allah in every sense of the word, that we become practical on the Quran and Sunnah and we become the means of others also coming on to the deen. These ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that we recited at the beginning, Allah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ in kuntum مُؤْمِنِينَ The initial recipients of the Qur'an Sharif were the Sahaba-i Kiram, but their incidents were actually a principle by which the whole Ummat Qiyamah was being given the hidayat and guidance. That, look, this is a principle. They are initially being addressed, but it's not confined to them. This is a principle for the whole world, for the whole mankind to qiyamah So Allah is addressing them and saying to them, Wala tahinu, wala tahzanu. Don't lose heart, don't grieve. Wantumul alona in kuntum muminin. you will be dominant In kuntum minin, if you are indeed true believers, actually, what is this referring to? That this these ayat were revealed after the battle of Uhud, and in the battle of Uhud, the Muslims had suffered much loss. Though in the end, Allah Taala made them victorious. But for a while in between, they had suffered quite a loss. Prior to Uhud, there was Badr. In Badr, there was such a remarkable victory, which was like an impossibility. It was beyond imagination. That this little small band of people, 313 Sahaba, with like six swords between them, and just a few... Camels and horses, most of them on foot, they don't have anything, not even a sword, most of them have. And how they going to ever face, forget, overcome, even face an army of 1000 strong, fully equipped. Impossibility, can't happen. So the odds were completely against them, in terms of human calculation. This was just impossible. Allah Taala Qudrat is above whatever we think is possible and not possible." So Allah Taala made it apparent that despite every human being at that time who didn't have iman, thinking that this was a walkover and that there is absolutely no chance that we can lose, that was the in the heart of the disbelievers. But Allah Taala showed them how they lost and what a terrible defeat they had to suffer, and seventy of their leaders were all killed. But then not long after came the battle of Uhud and suddenly it was a different situation in the battle of Uhud, though the numbers were far much more greater, the preparation was superior, they had far more weapons, everything was at a much more advanced level, very much more advanced compared to their situation in terms of Badr, in terms of the apparent means. But suddenly there was some other situation came about. A rumor spread that Rasulullah has been martyred. So many of them became so despondent as a result of it. 70 Sahaba became Shaheed. 70 Sahaba were injured. And it was a very, very difficult moment. Rasulullah himself was injured. His Mubarak teeth were made Shaheed. The blood oozed out of his face due to the rings of the helmet having. Pierced his Mubarak faith. All these difficulties are now being experienced. So Allah Ta'ala is now revealing this ayat in this context, in this background. So whatever has happened has happened now. وَلَا وَلَا don't lose heart, don't grieve. Don't lose heart because Allah's Qudrat is still there. You need to reflect upon what happened and why it happened. You need to reflect upon the reasons for why this, what happened in Badr, how come that didn't happen here in Ohad? You need to reflect on those reasons and take a lesson from it. But not to lose heart, because Allah Qudrat is still above everything. And wala tahzanu, yes there's human, it's human nature, a person will grieve over some loss, but Allah is saying, get past that. There's no point in now dwelling over the past. It's human nature. The person has suffered some loss, he will feel the grief. But there's one is that natural grief. The natural grief, natural grief has a time span on it. And almost immediately after the situation has been sort of taken care of, for example a person has passed away, so it's natural, the immediate family, near and dear ones, would be very grieved about whatever has now transpired. But Allah Ta'ala has made the system such, that no sooner has that person been buried, already the healing starts. And this is Allah's grace and mercy. And this too is that great benefit in following the sunnah of Rasulullah ﷺ. Among the things that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has emphasized that when the time has come for the when the person is ready to be buried, then there should be no undue delay. As soon as that's possible to bury the person who has passed away, one is now, for example, now there's some time required to dig the cover. So now obviously, whatever time, some place it might be possible to dig that cover in two hours, and some places it takes five hours. Sometimes there's some other restrictions of some sort, whatever, there might be some things which are beyond anybody's control. So now that's a natural delay that will happen. It's not possible to do anything about it. But any undue delay should be totally avoided. Now this is the beauty of the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that it has been emphasized, don't delay. Now that person has been buried as soon as it was possible, this is a natural process. Immediately after, already the healing starts. Though it is very gradual, it won't be immediately realized, but the healing has started. But till that burial has not happened, the emotions are still at its peak. So one of the things that Bismillah has emphasized that to bury immediately. So likewise, this has been said that look, once the situation has been taken care of, one is natural grief. The natural grief has its time span. After a while it starts, already the healing process starts, and then it takes a couple of days, three days that it will be expected that the person's emotions will still be high, but gradually getting better. Nabi Slauson said, after three days nobody is allowed to grieve over anyone, except your wife, she is allowed to grieve over the deceased husband for four months and ten days, the Iddar period, otherwise three days, that's human nature. But unnatural grief, grief which is unnaturally incited, where the person now deliberately keeps dwelling on that, is refusing to now move ahead, that some thoughts will come, the thoughts will still provoke some sadness, human nature. But the other is to now dwell on it, to keep uh, bringing back the memories, so what's going to be the outcome, it's obvious. So, natural grief has its limited lifespan. Then there's some sadness which will from time to time be something that will remind the person of something. They'll feel the sadness for a while. So, here also Allah is saying, Something has happened, but there's no benefit in dwelling upon that. The benefit is in taking the lesson and moving forward. What was the lesson here? The lesson here was that on the occasion of Uhud, some mistakes happened. Some mistakes happened, what mistakes that Rasulullah had given some command. But there was some misunderstanding about what really is the intention in this instruction, what was actually meant. So there was some misunderstanding. But because of that misunderstanding, many did not remain on the place where Nabi Salah had instructed. Now this was a instruction from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and not fulfilling that though as a result of a misunderstanding. That became the reason for this whole situation turning about. Now that's a very big lesson. Now this is the principle. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this principle in the Quran Sharif. That look the instruction of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his Mubarak way of life, what he has taught, what he has given to the ummah, their success is in this. And when they will abandon this, they will leave it out. The Sahaba just, it was a misunderstanding. But yet this was the consequence. Can we imagine where it's deliberate? Is this out of complete neglect? Lack of concern? Lack of any kind of uh, care? That this is the way of Nabi that, just don't bother about that and take what is the way of his enemies, what is going to be the end result of that? Everything is going to go upside down. And that is unfortunately what we are facing in our lives. What was the day of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi what was his night? What was his way of conducting himself? How he lived? What was his heart? What was his outlook to things? None of these things we really reflect upon there are certain things which we just go along with so this is the aspect that we have to reflect upon we have to be very very conscious about what we are doing where are we heading the mubarak life of Rasulullah to what extent we have taken it so Rasulullah Allah, Allah wa ta'ala is saying in the Quran shareesh, that وَلَا وَلَا something has happened there has been a setback but remember you will be dominant But it's not without a condition. In kuntum mu'mineen. If you are true believers, you have the sifat of believers. What is supposed to be in the life of a mu'min? That is in your life. What is supposed to be in the life of a mu'min? The most important thing in a mu'min's life are the most important injunctions that Allah has given. His salah. Is zakat, fasting, hajj, zakat and hajj upon those who is compulsory. The person who has that means salah compulsory upon every single person. But what is the condition of the salah of the ummah? How many percent are performing their five times salah? Some estimates people give five times salah, perhaps five percent of the ummah. So now if 5% of the ummah, normally you say, okay, what's the pass mark? So what's the pass mark? Say, okay, maybe 50% is a pass mark. So 50%, pass mark meaning the ummah in general will still be safe. The individuals will be a problem. Those who are neglecting their salah will be in a problem, but overall, the ummah has passed. But if it's 5%, if it's 10%, it's still far from the pass mark as a ummah. So now the whole Ummat will suffer the consequences, the individuals will pass in Akhirat. Those individuals who were careful about their salah, etc. Allah, Allah will protect them in dunya also, but on an overall level everybody will suffer the consequences. So This is the condition of the Ummat at the moment. Throughout the world, whatever is the situation, whether it is in our own lives, whether it is throughout the world, if we reflect upon the condition of the Ummat, and ourselves. This is what we find everywhere. Illa masha'allah. But we have to take time to sit back and think, reflect. Is there is there some pattern in this? Is there some background to it? Has the Quran, Sharif, given us some guidance in this regard? Is this happening by chance? Or is there some guidance in the Quran, Sharif, in the Hadith of Rasulullah? Well guidance is there already. Allah is saying, in kuntum mu'minin." You will be dominant if you are indeed believers. If the sifat of the are in your heart, in your life. Mu'min salah, there's no neglect of his salah. And then one is the salah being performed five times a day. Then making every effort to keep improving that salah. Enhancing the quality of that salah. A mu'min, a mu'min is one who is constantly in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And anything just goes a little bit out of line, it just really becomes a very big problem for him. In the time of Sayyidina Osman radiallahu one Ansari sahabi, he was performing salah in his garden. One is the incident that took place in the time of Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Talha radiallahu performing his salah, and that garden, that, that bird got caught in the dense, whatever the lush garden was, and that caught his attention for a moment and he got distracted from his Salah, he came and gave that away as Sadaqah. In the time of Usman, a similar incident happened. The Sahabi was performing his Salah and this distracted him suddenly. He saw that it was laden with fruits and it just caught his gaze for a short moment and as a result he's, he got really attracted to it. Mashallah, these trees are so laden with the fruits and because of that fruit-laden trees, for a moment his gaze got, his attention got caught up in that, he forgot the number of rakats he was performed, has performed. When he completed his salah, he said, this has become a distraction. He came to say, now nah Osman, an, and he says, this is for Allah, ta'ala. you do as you wish with it. So, Osman sold it, in that zamana and time, for 50,000 dirhams. 50,000 dirhams, In that time, one sheep would be, maybe ten dirhams you could buy, five dirhams you could buy a sheep. So now just using that as a guide, that in 50,000 dirhams, 25,000 sheep. So now multiply 25,000 sheep by today's today's value. So you get the value of that orchard. But this became a distraction. The latent fruit of that garden became a distraction. Now, this is an incident that he got distracted by it, he parted with it. That this must not become the cycle now. One time this happened, then the next time I don't know what might be the case. Today so it made me forget my rakat, tomorrow it might make me miss my jamat. The next day it might make me make my namaz qaza. So now he wanted to teach himself a very, very big lesson. So he parted with it. It became known as Khamsin, that this became like a title for it. This is the wealth of Khamsin, 50,000. This person had parted with it. Now, what made him do this? This reflection, that look, the sifat of a mu'min must be in my life. Constantly in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Anything that comes in the way of this remembrance, that has to be now. I need to move that out. Not that it was impermissible to keep this garden, it was totally 100 percent permissible, but from their rank, thought, no, I can't, I can't continue with this. This needs to come out of the way. Now This is a point of reflection, let alone permissible things that become distractions. How often we allow impermissible things into our lives. And then we hold on to that. Now this is something permissible. So many times, impermissible things, that fruit-laden, there wasn't haram to look at that fruit. It's was permissible to see that fruit. So Allah told us, Muhammad, Allah told us made that halal, that's not haram. But how often a person is caught up looking at haram. This was halal to look at that fruit, but it became a distraction, said out. How often a person is caught up at looking at haram. And that haram is becoming an obstacle in everything in his life. It's now blocking his ibadat, because the whole ibadat is now completely ruined. If it is happening, it's still ruined, because his heart and mind is consumed by this what he saw. And then that escalates to the point that that ibadat doesn't happen, because this becomes a barrier on the heart. It blocks the heart. Then that enthusiasm and drive for deen starts diminishing. And gradually, if that continues, the person doesn't make toba, he doesn't make sincere, doesn't repent sincerely and come out of that, then that darkness escalates on the heart. That veil upon veil comes onto the heart. Then first it was just maybe missing uh, sometimes the tadbir and missing maybe one, two rakats, then starts missing the jamaat, and then starts missing the salah in time. And then even that, that's, thought, that consciousness, that something wrong has happened, that too dies off. That's then a very dangerous point. That takes a person very close to the borders. A way it starts off from, starts off from sometimes something that seemed very, very uh, minor, it seemed minor, but that so-called minor led to such major things. So this is what Allah wa Ta'ala is giving us in this ayat, that وَأَنْتُمُ الْعَالَوْنَ in kuntum مُؤْمِنِينَ Provided that you are truly believers. There's no need to lose heart. There's no need to become despondent. There's no need to grieve. This is the way dunya happens. There are some losses sometimes. But you must take the lesson and move forward. Don't dwell on the past. Then Allah Ta'ala says, then if you have suffered some loss, there's some injury has come to you, then they have also suffered something similar. Some this was a consolation for the Sahaba that don't take this too deeply. Yes, it's natural as humans you're going to feel this, but don't let this become now a, an obstacle where you become totally despondent and say that this is the end of the world and the end of the road for us. No, no, that's not the way a Mu'min goes. A Mu'min, he maintains his focus, his direction then Allah Ta'ala says وَتِلْكَ الْأَيَّامُ نُدَاوِلُهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ On the one side this ayat gives tremendous hope and at the same time this ayat is quite a warning also. This ayat gives tremendous hope. Allah Ta'ala says these are the days that we rotate among people. The tremendous hope is that sometimes a person is down and out. He has been given hope that don't worry, the days will turn. But there's a system in dunya. There's a system. Adopt the system. Allah will turn it around for you. What is the system? إِنَّهُ وَيَصْبِرُ فَإِنَّ The person who adopts taqwa and adopts sabr. In that moment, it's difficult. There are challenges. All kinds of situations. So the person is adopting sabr on that. He is not complaining against Allah Ta'ala and he is maintaining his composure he is not doing anything against the commands of Allah Ta'ala he's not making statements that are against Allah Ta'ala's hukam but at the same time he's adopting taqwa as well he's adopting taqwa he's adopting the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala conducting himself the dictates of taqwa, refraining from sin, refraining from what Allah has forbidden, that's the sum total of taqwa. Refraining from whatever Allah tell forbidden. Whether it is the inner sins, whether it is the outer sins, whether it is the sins of the tongue, sins of the ears, sins of the eyes, sins of the hands and feet, whether it is the sins of the heart, whether it is the malice, the jealousy, the pride, the arrogance, the aspect of looking down upon others which is an element of pride all the other evils of the heart so to the extent that this is being done, the person is living with taqwa, living with sabr Allah Ta'ala does not allow this to go in vain, the days will change but it requires a sabr and this is the key ingredient among all the aspects of akhlaq the key ingredient that will take a person to that success. And then at the same time, while this gives great hope, it's a very great warning as well, that sometimes a person is riding the wave, but this must not become a point of becoming proud and arrogant and feel that well, nothing can happen to me. I'm on the top of the world. so Everything will just keep going the way I want it. And if a person then loses focus, forgets that Allah Ta'ala is, everything is His gift, then things can turn around. There's one incident mentioned in the Kitabs, one person was seated with his wife and eating, they sat around to eat, and at that time there was a knock on the door and somebody had come to beg, so he's shouting at the door for, to give him something to eat, he's begging. So that husband became very irritated. Now that he just came after a long day, and just around to eat, and now this person is coming and disturbing. So he woke up and went to the door and he chased the person away. Now the person poor person went away. Then some days later, something, everything was going fine, everything was going well. Out of the blue, suddenly, the whole relationship between the spouses started becoming estranged, becoming strained, and then estranged, and. One thing started leading to another, and it became so difficult over time, that eventually this person finally divorced his wife. So now he divorced her, so she came back home, and after some time, after the Iddat was over etc., Allah made some way open out for her, she finally remarried. She married, now she was married previously to a person who was very, very wealthy with whom this incident took place. Extremely wealthy person and he chased this person out from the door and then suddenly all this drama happened. Now in case Allah made it such that she got married again to another person who was also quite wealthy. Now the life is carrying on. One day they're seated again to just eat. Now she is with this new husband. And suddenly they heard a knock on the door and somebody is asking for something to be given to eat, some beggar. So this woman got a like a fright, that she suddenly remembered what happened many many years ago when she was previously married. And she just got worried, something similar must not happen again just now. Because it just seemed that that became the cycle, that became the starting point of all the problems. So she decided, let me go and just give this beggar something and let him go off. My husband just now might go and repeat the old situation. The new husband might go and do the same thing just now. So she went to the door to give him something. But when she went to the door and gave the person something and came back inside, she was in a state of shock. So the husband asked her, what happened? She said, I've seen a very very strange situation today. What did you see? So now she's recalling the whole incident. She's saying that this was so many years ago, when I was married previously, and I had just been sitting and eating with my husband, previous husband, and he was a very wealthy person and whatever else and then there was this knock on the door and this person was begging and he got very irritated with this and he went and chased that person out and then things just started going sour between us one thing led to another and finally whatever happened, happened she said that today the person who was at the door was my previous husband once upon a time he was this wealthy person sitting inside who chased the beggar away today the shock that I'm seeing is that the person who was begging at this door was my previous husband so now this person who is her current husband, he heard this whole incident, and when he heard this incident, he says, Can I tell you something even more strange? So what is that? He says, In the light of this incident that you are explaining, the person who came begging last time was me. <coughs> the beggar previously at the door was me. Allah ta'ala has turned it, Tilkal ayyamu udawiluha these are the, the ways that we rotate these days, we rotate the times. In other words, Allah has a system. It's not something just woolly-nilly, anything just gets Allah has a system in dunya. إِنَّهُ مَن يَشْتَقِي وَيَصْبِرُ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ A person head of taqwa, head of sabr. Allah Ta'ala doesn't allow this to go in vain. <the world> <speaking> <the world> it brings its benefit, it brings it in dunya, and Akhirat is obviously the place where the benefit will come. The real benefit is in Akhirat but it doesn't go without its benefit in dunya also. Allah Ta'ala brings that benefit in dunya also to the person. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid that a person loses focus, forgets that Allah Ta'ala is in control, it's not me, I cannot do, I'm not doing, I don't have that authority and might. It's only Allah Ta'ala's permission that things happen. And if I abuse whatever Allah Ta'ala has given me, that may be that position, that power, that authority, at whichever level it might be. It might be over a thousand people, it might be over my household, it might be over just that woman in the house. But that's not a license to now misuse that authority, to misuse that influence. No, no. Allah is in control over everything. Allah is watching. Allah knows. So, sometimes it might just seem, well, we get away with anything, we can do what we want. We can just go about things in life as we want. But Allah is aware. Allah is watching. Just now I I can just enjoy what I want to do, how I want to do it. Outside I can put a certain appearance and behind closed doors I can live a different life. Allah is watching. <laughs> he knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. Allah Ta'ala is watching everything. Allah Ta'ala knows. So therefore, this is the point. This is that on the one side this ayah gives tremendous hope. <laughs> the has been given this glad tiding also. For him this was a glad tiding. not worry. Now it seems that you are under this pressure all the time. We will bring that day when you will be on the top. And that day came where within a short space of time, after hijrat, barely eight years later Fatih Makkah takes place. And the small group of Muslims have now just grown a little bit more, but they finally walk into Makkah Mukarramah victorious. And this became actually the victory of the whole dunya. Salatullah brought that about. But while this was a glad tiding for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba, that don't worry, this day is coming. At the same time, in this ayat is a warning as well. That beware, don't take things for granted. Don't take it just well, anything can carry on, everything will carry on. It will carry on how we make it carry on. And how we make it carry on is, what kind of amal we adopt. What kind of sifat we adopt how we conduct ourselves, we conduct ourselves according to what Allah wa ta'ala, has commanded, according to what our nafs desires, according to what our nafs desires, that has its own outcome. If we become guilty of zulm, that has its own outcome. If we become guilty of all other issues, Allah Taala save us and protect us from the consequences. And if we adopt that sabr, adopt that taqwa, Allah says, We'll remove that situation of yours and bring you onto a situation of prosperity, of peace, of happiness, of security, of all the things that are desired for the good of dunya and the best of akhirat. Allah says that these challenges do come up in dunya. These tests and trials come up in dunya. But Allah says that this is our way of to test who are the true believers, who are truly committed to Allah wa Ta'ala who is just merely lip service and who is truly committed. That test that comes will show the test in whichever form it is, whether it's the form of a temptation, of committing some mm-hmm. haram and all, everything is available to do it in a way where apparently a person Shaitan gives him the deception no worry, you'll get away with it you're so smart that even the smartphone is not so smart and no worry, you are totally secure fingerprint and iris print and everything is all secured but Allah Ta'ala's qudrat is above all that so whether it is in the form of that temptation whether it is in the form of temptation of haram meaning some sin whether it is that the distraction that comes by means of dunya, that it is now a busy time of the year, and therefore now everything is rolling and everything is ringing. So now the salah and the amal, So that's a test. Where is the what's going to be given priority? These are all the tests. Whether it is a test of akhlaq, that a person now how does he react to situations? How does he conduct himself? All these are those tests. Allah Ta'ala says, وَلْيَعْلَمَ So that Allah Ta'ala can make the true believers apparent. These are my true servants. Look at them. All these situations have come. There was this temptation of guna and sin. But he didn't flinch at that moment. He didn't give in. He didn't buckle under that pressure. There was this provocation of his anger. But see how he controlled it. There was a situation where he could have become so vengeful and become so malicious sometimes but look at his forgiving heart look at the compassionate way in which he dealt with it look at how he acts on the way of my Rasul Rasool where he's following the Mubarak way of life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam despite all the odds the whole world is going in a different direction but he's upholding the Sunnah the external aspects of the Sunnah the internal aspects of the Sunnah this then takes a person very close to Allah and this makes him become deserving nothing nobody is deserving really of anything but out of his grace Allah then showers his rahmat upon him and makes him successful in dunya and the everlasting success of akhirat also comes for him so our whole life needs to come onto this pattern so Allah has already given us the whole everything has been chalked out for us, everything is spelt out for us Quran Sharif has the full guidance for us we want the success of dunya, of akhirat this is the code of life. This is the principle where we have to live. And in all these challenges of dunya, this is the way that we have to keep ourselves steadfast on deen. And inshallah, we will get, we will pass through these challenges also. And the real challenge is the challenge of getting to jannah, passing through the challenges of the day of Qiyamah and getting to jannah with the grace of Allah That too will become easy. Allah wa Taala, give us all the taufiq. Wa Make zikr for a few minutes and then we'll do it. It's reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah will cause his face to shine in the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah will give him the tawfiq of doing righteous deeds and saving from sin. And this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Inshallah we should try daily to complete this one tasbih of La ilaha illallah. And inshallah we'll attain this great benefit.
1: Allah will give us the tawfiq. يسعد said Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, الله Prophet Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, the
0: Prophet يَا رَبِّ صَلِّ وَسَلِّمْ نَائِمًا أَبَدًا عَلَى حَبِيبِكَ خَيْرِ الْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمِ
1: جَزَ اللَّهُ عَنَّا نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمَا هُوَ أَهْلُهُ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهُ، لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهُ Na inna ha inna Allah. 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 Na ha inna Allah. Na ha inna Allah. Na ha inna Allah. Nailaha <La> illallah, nailaha illallah, nailaha illallah, La illallah, nailaha illallah, La illallah, nailaha illallah, La illallah, nailaha illallah, 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 لا اله الا الله Na na inna la, na na inna na inna na inna na 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 illallah, Nailaha illallah, na illallah, na محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم <تصفيق> <تصفيق> الله الله جل جلاله عنا <تصفيق> الله 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 لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم
0: اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي فناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وأنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يرد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إث اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرتها ولا همّا إلا فرجها ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قبيتها ويسترها يا, يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تأخذنا إن نسينا وأخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسراً كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تُحَمِّلْنَا مَا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا بِهِ وَاعْفُ عَنَّا واغفر لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم اصلح لنا شاننا كله ولا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين ولا تنزع منا صالح ما اعطيتنا ولا تنزع منا صالح ما اعطيتنا ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب ربنا انك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه ان الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم ثب Allah على الإيمان one على الإيمان one يوم the مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا who is القلوب one قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم the إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان who is من الراشدين who is the one who is الله oh, most merciful, most, gracious, most, kind, most loving, الله. Yaul alamin Ya Allah, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah forgive all of our beijat my sins, Ya Allah. Yahuul Allah, ya Allah, your innumerable bounties are showering upon us every moment, Ya Allah. But we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. We have disobeyed you so blatantly and openly ya Allah. We have eaten the food you gave us, Ya Allah, and we used the energy to disobey you, Ya Allah. All your na'mas and bounties you have been using against your commands, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our ingratitude, Ya Allah. Forgive our injustice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Allah, make us your loyal and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Allah, enable us to use your na'mas in a way that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, shower your maqfirat ummati, Allah. Shower your rahmat ummati, Allah. اللهم اغفر لأمتي سيدنا محمدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز امة سيدنا محمدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدنا وحدي أمة سيدنا محمدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم Ilahul la'alamin <inaudible> <inaudible> ya Allah remove the difficulties and hardships of the Umma ya Allah remove the oppression from the Ummat ya Allah remove the pain and suffering of the Umma ya Allah remove the poverty of the Umma Allah Ilahul la'alamin <inaudible> <inaudible> blow the winds of Hidayat Allah Ka Allah grant us in the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your Rahmat ya Allah Save us in the entire ummah from such A'mal that bring down your Azad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of istiqaamatan deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqaamatan amal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us firm Iman, Ya Allah. Grant us, Ya Allah, good Yaqeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, full of our hearts with your of Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Full of our hearts with the love of His Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live His Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara Ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. alamin <muching> Ya Allah. Make our external lives according to the sunnah, Ya Allah. Make our hearts according to the way of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul alamin Ya Allah. Layla grant us the tawfeeq of performing our five times salah with jama'a, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Layla save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Protect us from the, Allah, the harms and the corruption of the phone, Ya Allah. From all the other evils and vices, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts of every sin, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with all the good and noble qualities, Ya Allah. Remove all the evil qualities from our hearts, Ya Allah. alamin <speaking> <English> Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifa kamila ajila, mustamirra dahima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever difficulties and hardships anybody is, Ya Allah, remove it with <speaking in English> afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those who have financial problems, remove it with <speaking in English> afiyat, Ya Allah. Grand in each Rizq Ya Allah, grant us halal and tayyib risk Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grave of haram Ya Allah, Yallah save us from that which is doubtful also Ya Allah, <speaking in Hebrew> Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families, from throughout the Ummad, Ya Allah, make the complete makhsirat Ya Allah, grant them the highest stages in the Allah. Ya Allah, <speaking in Hebrew> Ya Allah at the time of our that take us with la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Allah, take us on iman tamil ya Allah, take us on Tawmat al ya Allah, Allah, take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah, Allah, save us from the traps of Shaitan at that critical time, ya Allah, Allah, only with your protection can we be saved, ya Allah, Allah, make that moment easy for us, ya Allah, make it the best moment of our life, ya Allah think that the best moment of幸せ, wild, of our life is Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah make our covers gardens of Jannah for us ya Allah grant us shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah give us jenna and then we'll ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah all those who asked us to make dua for them, all those who have raised their hand to the dua, ilahul alamin, <manyang> fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's guides needs from the rape, ya Allah. Ilahu <manyang> alayhi remove each one's difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Remove anyone's grief, sorrow, anxiety, tension and depression, ya Allah. Ilahu alayhi <manyang> wa fill the heart with itminan and sukoon, ya Allah. Allah <manyang> grant birkat in each one's risk, ya Allah. Allah grant halal and tahib risk, ya Allah. Ilahu alayhi wa sallam, unite the hearts, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the house of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the house of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the house of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the house of the Ummah of Rasulullah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah, Whatever we have asked for, Allah grants us. That is well, ya Allah. What we should have asked for, and did not ask ya Allah. Without asking, bless us with it, ya Allah. Allahumma innaa nasalluka min khairi ma saalaka minhu wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu wa wasallam. Wa na'udu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balas. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد
1: لله